Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 5th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall's still out for a few more days enjoying his new baby. And we have Tony Kinnett, who is filling in today. Thank you so much for coming in today, Tony. It is absolutely always a pleasure to join you on the air. Before we get started, let's all do a quick digit check. We all have our fingers, all of them. Okay. Good news. We're all whole. And I hope you are as well. I hope you had a good 4th of July. Oh, it's a fireworks joke. Yes. I didn't understand yes. for a second. I we was really nervous. Digits. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We're all in one piece, though, this morning, correct? Well, my, my wife was watching Alias yesterday, and a guy got his finger cut off, and that's what came to mind. I was like, man, I haven't been interrogated recently. No, no. I'm talking about an accident in the yard with the fireworks. No, but when I was a kid, my dad did accidentally knock over the fireworks and plastered the side of my grandparents' house with did, it. And that was fun. Did it melt the siding? No, does, it was brick, does, praise the Lord. Oh, okay. Well, good. Hopefully nobody was hurt in that incident. Let's start off by talking about what's going on in the White House, shall we? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so President Biden, he hosted a barbecue for active military, active duty military families. This happened on the White House lawn last night. It was ahead of the nighttime fireworks they had on the National Mall. But during a sweep of the White House, you know, they found a white powdery substance. Oh, good. Good. They're saying it was in a holding area, which was accessible to both White House staffers and guests. It did test positive for cocaine. Hey. What? Just cocaine. Good, good. Nice to know that we're all on the right track here. Yes. Cocaine in the White House. The White House was evacuated. The president and his family, they left. They returned to the White House about 36 hours after the substance was found. Did they return the crack to the White House family? I I know how close the Bidens are when it comes to cocaine. They like to share, huh? Maybe. Uh, They had to have a hazmat team there in the executive (laughs) mansion. Uh, Okay, so who does it belong to? How did it get there? And we probably know why, possibly. So we know Hunter Biden has acknowledged a prior addiction to crack. We've all seen the laptop from hell pictures, right? Right. He clearly has an issue. Uh, He was on the grounds on Friday before he went off to Camp David with his father for the second weekend in a row, (laughs) keep in mind. And then he did return to the White House to watch the 4th of July fireworks with the family. And this is just hours after the cocaine was found on the premises. So, uh, you know, I'm, of course, I can speculate that Hunter Biden, who has a raging cocaine addiction, mm-hmm. could, could this could have belonged to him. However, we can actually find out exactly who this belongs to because from my time as a little West Point junior cadet boy, I know for a fact that the White House has every single angle at every kind of public venue event in history very closely video cameraed from every single angle. And unlike your local convenience store, where everything looks like it was filmed on a 1955 potato, these cameras are very high high resolution, and they actually record and store in high resolution just in case Mm -hmm. the Secret Service needs to go back and carefully review data. So this is really a case where if the White House wants to reveal who owns it, 
hey, I mean, there's never been an easier case. Just sit a couple of interns down and start rewinding. Roll the tape. Absolutely. Okay, so if it was in the old executive office building, it's likely staff. That's not a good look at all. A little well, toot toot I, to keep them awake I mean, I, as they spin the Biden administration lies. I've been to several Democrat and Republican conferences, and I can tell you very firmly that there were a lot of people that I did not associate with and still do not associate with because they do have drug addictions. Mm-hmm. For interns, this is absolutely a thing. Uh, it is definitely something that a lot of college political scientists imbibe in. Uh, and it's something that, you know, they watch Wolf of Wall Street, they think it's okay. And then, you know, hey, it's time to grab the cocaine. So I think it very much could be an intern or a staffer at the White House, because again, it's DC. The swamp is infested with this stuff. This is their Adderall of choice. Okay. So do you think there's any chance that somebody planted it there to make Hunter look, I mean, he doesn't need any help but to make him look worse than what he already is. No, I think that's probably putting a tinfoil hat on another tinfoil hat that doesn't fit as well. Because in this case, it would be enough of a nerve-wracking situation to get it past security in the first place. Right. They're taking a huge risk if they're going to do something like that. Yeah, the White House has eight drug and bomb-sniffing dogs on staff at any time. Uh, Not to mention the extras that might be brought on for some type of uh, event situation like this. So, in this case... Maybe, I guess, a staffer. I'm just amazed that someone, again, these are supposed to be high value things. Right. Why would you leave it behind? Like, I, I'm always doing, you know, the two pats and a spank whenever I leave to see if I have my keys, wallet, and phone. Mm-hmm. How do you just, like, leave your cocaine? I don't really get that one personally. Uh, well, you know, how did it get in there? If there's dogs, like you said, Aren't they? Don't they notice something like that? Well, if you're a high enough VIP, you do not have to go through the metal detectors and the security and things like that. They just let you in because they know that you are above reproach. Though that's a security term, above reproach. And so, in this case, it would have to be someone that has a high level of of staffing mm-hmm. or a high level of clearance, or they might have been walking behind that high level of clearance person, which happens quite often. People get in walking next to important people all the time. That's how a lot of the security risks in our country happen. Dale Daily Mail's reporting that uh, it was not in the West Wing. It, it was in the West Wing, not in the library. What are the chances that we're going to find out who it belonged to? Uh, I would I would start looking for... <laughs> you start gambling on that one? Yeah, I would start looking for the answer on this one as soon as we read the Nashville Trans Shooter Manifesto or find out the motive behind the Las Vegas shooting from several years ago. Okay, so not very likely. Absolutely none. Yeah. Okay, it's 12 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett filling in today. And uh, Biden also spent the holiday celebrating teachers Woo. Uh, before he was medicated like my dog so that he doesn't get spooked by the fireworks. He's said he said it again tony he did the whole line that they're not your children but all of our children you know i often say and you're tired of hearing me saying probably but children are the kite strings they're not somebody else's children. they're all our children are the kite strings that lift our national ambitions aloft and you hold those strings you hold those strings and our job is to make sure you have what you need to do what you do best That's why through the American Rescue Plan, we delivered critical support for schools, including funding for after-school programs, summer programs, hiring more teachers, counselors, school psychologists. Folks, in fact, more than 80 percent 
of school superintendents say they're using those funds in the American Rescue Plan to help students recover academically. All right, we heard a, we heard a lot of booms last night. We don't need to hear any more of that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. your ears are probably already sensitive this morning, so we don't need to uh, punish you anymore. But he did it again. They're not your children, but all of our children, except for his granddaughter. She's not everyone's child. She's not even Hunter's child at this point. Yeah, she's not allowed to use the name Biden, according to the uh, settlement in, in which, you know, Hunter schlupped a, a stripper and had a child. And right. that child is not allowed to call uh, President Biden grandpa. So, yeah, I guess the number one way to protect your child is just prove that they are distantly related somehow to President Biden. Well, it's now being reported that AIDS in the White House, possibly the same ones that are doing the toot toot on the side. Nice. They're being told that they only have six grandchildren. Like it is an official statement from the administration to the aides, six grandchildren, not seven. I mean, this is what happened when you. This is what happens when you treat the family as some type of a throwaway kind of uh, just useless unit that doesn't actually need to be protected or respected. You get these kind of weird situations where it's rules for thee but not for me kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. I really want to point out though that he says eighty percent of superintendents say they're using COVID funds to close the gaps by the COVID pandemic, which they caused. But yeah, I was going to say the gaps yeah. that they also said didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I remember several months of reporting. Everyone from the Indianapolis Star to Chalkbeat to the New York Times saying very. Over well, there's no learning loss. It wasn't even caused by COVID. It's really caused by Republicans. And by the way, it should be pointed out that we're not actually closing any learning gaps in those public schools. Guess what? IPS, their reading scores are still just as bad. Are they taking in more money? Absolutely. Well, sure. Is it helping kids read? No, Let's not at all. Let's just throw money at the problem. It's worked before. And, and by worked before, I mean, of course, it, it has failed miserably now dozens of times. But yeah, let's try it again. I mean, we have one of those running for governor in Indiana right now. I'm sure that'll work. So another thing that has happened over the weekend, just yesterday, a little birthday present to America. Uh, the U.S. District Judge, a, a, this this is in Louisiana, uh, Judge Terry Doughty, uh, said that tech companies can't censor. They you know, can't do any of the censorship. They can't guide. They can't tell this all part of that injunction that came down on Tuesday. And they're actually saying that the Biden administration possibly violated First Amendment, right? So this means that a judge has ruled that the government can, one, no longer censor you, two, no longer flag your posts, three, no longer dictate social media policies, and four, no longer communicate with these companies to censor you. And that's a big deal. It is. And it's even funnier because all of the legacy media institutions who have made bank over the last couple of years, making sure that only the proper and right opinions got out to the dumb, stupid public. What are the proper and right opinions, though? Why, whatever the the New York Times says they are. And of course, 19 hours ago, the New York Times released an article which says that a judge limiting the Biden administration from contacting social media sites could curtail efforts to fight disinformation. Mm. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The First Amendment is a problem. That is misinformation. It needs to be corrected. And uh, these evil, horrible judges in the courts and the Supreme Courts, they're just fascist Nazis who don't go along with the, the fantastic progressives who are trying to keep our children safe. Well, this judge said that federal official officials and agencies, which includes the Biden's cabinet members and the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, that they're not allowed to contact social media companies anymore. And here's the question. Information. Why would you need to contact social media companies? I don't see why it would be necessary. And they say, well, we need, what if we want to release a statement? Then put it out on whitehouse.gov. 
like everyone else. If I make a press statement, I don't actually, I, I get this all the time. I'm, I actually got an email this morning from Vivek Ramaswamy's team with some stupid press release that I don't care about. Don't send me your press releases. If you are important enough to merit a press release, I will go find it and read it. Don't send, you don't need to contact me. I'll contact you. I'm the journo, so to speak. Chances are you're not going to read it anyway. No, I don't want to hear what KJP has to lie about today and backtrack tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly. Chances are it's going to get lost in all your other emails anyway. It is 17 minutes after 9. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. I know you want to leave me. 21 minutes after 9, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall still on paternity leave, and Tony Kinnett joins us today. So it was touch and go there for a while, Tony. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of misinformation out there. Wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not. But in the end, yes, not even a weather delay can stop Joey Chestnut. That's right. This guy downed 62 hot dogs to claim his 16th mustard belt. Where he looks like he's got fourth. Here's the count. With 62 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes for his 16th win, I give you the number one ranked eater in the world, Joey Chestnut! Fantastic. When when there was talk of the rain delay or a possible cancellation, I mean, it was the biggest story in the entire world yesterday when this was happening. As it should be. I mean, the the American pastime of downing as many glizzies as humanly possible is one of the things that we built our constitution on. (laughs) Everyone knows that immediately after the signing, the founders went out and enjoyed a fantastic uh, 84 hot dog lunch. And this is one of the things that Joey really brings forward here. I mean, he's an American hero, given the Presidential Medal of Freedom already. (laughs) Can you imagine? Do you know how many calories that is? 18,414 calories. Woo! Yeah. So it's almost 1,500 carbs. And uh, really, you'd think it, it would have a lot of high protein count, but not really. 682. I mean, that is a high protein well, count. Well, also, you have to think of what they're they're cooked in. I mean, the sodium as well that's going to retain all of those calories. Oh, good Lord. I couldn't handle it. Okay. So he has now won the event 16 out of the last 17 years. Is he the most dominant athlete of all time? I mean, you know, as long as he does doesn't have some kind of a, a steroid or a weed scandal like the Olympians. Right, no doping? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe it's his cocaine at the White House. Uh, no, I doubt that. We would never allow that. But, you know, just send Joey Chestnut in to solve all the world problems because apparently it was him. He was like, no, we're doing this. They When there was talk of canceling it and there was the rain delay and he said, no, no, we're on it. So just send Joey Chestnut in to solve all of the world's problems because he, he's not going to tolerate any nonsense. I I've right. been fasting for three months. It's like Ron Swanson when he hasn't eaten before they, they drive up to Indianapolis for the steakhouse. He's like, we are eating no matter what. He's like walking in, like eating things from the crowd on his way up as a mm-hmm. pregame. Man's a legend. He was asked if the rain delay affected his game plan. Joey Chestnut's answer? Nah. How does that rain delay affect you? You're just having to wait and you can't eat. Are you drinking liquids? What's going on backstage? It's weird because I try to try time everything out. So, uh, so not only am I empty, I'm amped up, and it all got it, 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 everybody got messed up, and it affected me. But uh, dude, I uh, I feel great. I uh, I got I get I got leftover room, so I'll be having some beers later. 
Leftover room. Oh my gosh, no way. Well, if you look at last year, he did perform, uh, I'm not going to say worse because he still won, but he did eat fewer hot dogs than he did last year. What was it? Was it four or eight hot dogs fewer than last year? Well, he also had that guy that came up on stage and he had said that had that guy not interrupted him, he probably would have eaten a few more. Ah. So that plays into it. But I do believe we do have some audio of him after dealing with the rain, ESPN wanting to cancel the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And after he fought his way with everybody, no, we're doing this. Near weather cancellation, we do have his reaction in this uh, exclusive interview after the contest is over. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you got that audio queued up. That's not really Joey Chestnut. No, of course no, not. Not at all. Okay, let's talk about this video that Eric Holcomb released. It's a, uh, a patriotic, patriotic video for Independence Day. Uh, let's take a listen. Indiana's long been a state of patriots, home to countless proud Americans who know what it means to answer the call. In fact, Indianapolis is second only to D.C. for the number of memorials and monuments dedicated to our veterans, serving as a constant reminder of their sacrifice and the reason we hold our hands over our hearts, saying, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. With liberty and justice for all, except here's the problem. Hoosiers weren't free Ooh. under his tenure, right? He, he took our rights away with his executive orders. How about that affected read? Did you feel it? Oh, I did. Did you hear the the corporate AI generated orchestra in the background? That's like in every single movie. I almost thought I'd hear Morgan Freeman come see the high school football team that changed everything. <laughs> and you're like, that's the kind of music you would expect this yeah. summer. Like that's yes. kind of where it would come through. I mean, I'm I'm always I'm always laugh at these kind of things because they're so fake. Uh, I, I really do. I can't stand these kinds of like made up videos almost as much as I can't stand like Republican primary Lincoln Day dinners. I can't. They're all fake. There's nothing real or or genuine about them. And again, Holcomb, who just endorsed Mike Pence, you know, the Mike Pence that that thought the most important thing was to make a surprise trip to Ukraine, Mm -hmm. that guy. So Holcomb, who again, who's, you know, made sure that if your kid wasn't masked up, he was going to charge your parents with a class B misdemeanor. Uh, And if you weren't going to, uh, you know, he's talking about the monuments. Yeah. You know, the monument and like monument circle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the one where like, you know, crimes happen. Mm-hmm. You can't even, you know, keep Indianapolis safe. You can't even keep, you know, Indianapolis, the city second to D.C. in memorials that also beats out Chicago and gun murders. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't. It's yeah. there to stir patriotism, but you didn't feel it, huh? No, because he didn't actually cite anything patriotic. I mean, he cited the number of monuments in a city. And also this this Indiana GOP thing that is obsessed with Indianapolis, I find distasteful. A lot of our listening audience is outside of Indianapolis. They are, you know, like in the counties that exist outside of Marion. I know it's kind of a shock to a lot of individuals, especially probably some that are listening in this building right now. That, that yeah, there's more Indiana than Indianapolis, and every time the Indiana GOP focuses all of its attention on Indianapolis, the it's town excluding that excluding everyone else, yeah, the town that also hates rural Hoosiers the most. I, I'm sorry, no, I, I would rather hear someone talk about uh, all of the other great communities and rural areas in this in this beautiful state uh, than the 
than the number of monuments we have in this concrete-ridden nightmare. Okay, so you had mentioned Mike Pence. Uh, Mike Pence has his own video, and we're going to get to that coming up. 93 WIBC. Why can't you see? It's 934. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is out on paternity leave. Tony Kinnett is sitting in with us today. I had a big round of gunshot or firework last night. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. That's what we play on our uh, on our deck, uh, especially last night. It was like the grand finale game of gunshot or firework, and I'm most certain that I heard a lot of both. Uh, but yesterday... Spent a good portion of the day, at least 10 hours, driving across the country. Took a road trip, went to D.C., and then yesterday had to make it all the way back to Indianapolis. So Virginia to Maryland to Pennsylvania to West Virginia, back through Pennsylvania, back through West Virginia, and then Ohio, and then to Indianapolis. I mean, I, I've only ever made that, uh, well, back in CPAC, after CPAC 2020, I drove through the night mm-hmm. uh, back on, a, on an Adderall and coffee-fueled rage. Um, in, like, and it was fr- I didn't even realize because I was in D.C. It was freezing, raining in Pennsylvania. It was a horrible trip. I would never, ever, ever do that again. Making the trip in one day from D.C., is, is it's a haul. It, it is a haul, but my experience was a lot different because it was a beautiful day and really didn't run into any problems. The traffic was okay. The weather was okay. You don't really okay. see a lot of freezing rain in July. Well, no, but uh, I did see some beautiful part of the country. I had no idea the hills and the rolling hills in the panhandle of Maryland. It was a part of the country I'd oh, never been to before. It's wonderful. It's one of Gorgeous. my favorite, favorite yeah. parts of interstate travel is how they actually wrap you around Maryland and Pennsylvania back and forth for a bit. Yeah, we were on 68 for a while, and it's called America's uh, Highway, uh, the scenic byway of America. It was beautiful. I had no idea. I'd never been on it before. Appalachia but, truly is one of my favorite parts of yeah. the country. So that's how I spent a good portion of my 4th of July. But Donald Trump, how did he celebrate Independence Day? He lit off some fireworks of his own. He shared a late night meme. And let me just read this meme to you. So the original poster says, 81 million votes, and I've never seen a pro-Biden hat, shirt, or flag in my life. And then at the bottom, there's a flag that says, Duck Biden. Doesn't really say duck, but you get the picture. And then Trump retruthed it, and he said, true, no Biden hats anywhere, never seen one. It's a good point. Now, when I was on my way out to Washington, D.C., I did see quite a few Trump flags in West Virginia. Not a lot in Indiana, not a lot in Ohio, but I saw a lot in West Virginia. But is this the decorum now that we can expect from former presidents? Look, I actually was about 20 feet away from the former president at the Moms for Liberty conference over the weekend. I Mm -hmm. had a table up front. I was covering the event and I got to watch the entire Trump speech from start to finish from when he began with, you know, listening to the applause and also waiting through. I'm proud to be an American to the very end where he started to dance like that's an hour later at the, at the closing music doing his little mm-hmm. back and forth Trump dance and it was it was interesting uh, I I will say that a lot of the protesters outside were wearing pro-Biden Harris merch. There definitely is a cut of people who are very pro-Biden and Harris. Uh, but yeah, as far as the decorum, President Trump has no no PR, you know, public decorum. And that's what a lot of people like about him. Um, now, personally, you know, as to what I believe about that's kind of irrelevant. You know, I simply say that you, Trump has a lot of that boisterous get out there F Joe Biden energy. And everyone really responds well to that because shocker, after the way the Biden has ruined this country, people ain't too fond. 
Yeah. There's a, a new poll out, and it's saying that a lot of people had an unhappy Independence Day, specifically oh. Democrats. Only 29% of liberals say they are extremely proud to be American. And 60% of Republicans still claim to be very patriotic. And this is a new Gallup poll data. But it's coming down because even Republicans 20 years ago in the wake of the 9-11 attacks, they said that they were 86 percent very proud to be Americans. And the last time the majority of Democrats said they were extremely proud of their country was in 2013 during Barack Obama's second term. So this to me says that even the Democrats are not happy with the Biden slash Harris administration because that's what we're calling it now. It's not the Biden administration. Right. It's whoever's holding the strings behind Biden, which definitely isn't Kamala, you know, Vice President Giggles. But I honestly, I think that more than that, I don't necessarily believe it's just the Biden slash Harris slash shadow puppets or uh, administration that's really bumming Americans out. There's very there is an erosion of common culture. There is very little things that, that there are few, very few things, excuse me, that Americans share across the aisle as a common value system anymore. I mean, you look after Pride Month, the holiest month for the left, uh, where you had dudes flashing their genitals like feet away from kids and, mm-hmm. I, and not like behind any cloth. And had they not been the doing open. that under the Pride flag, they would have been arrested right. for indecent exposure. Well, one, one would hope. But again, yeah. those are cities like Seattle and Los Angeles and New York City where that kind of stuff happens on the day to day. And that's a common value now that the left shares on many different factions of the left that the right does not. And you're starting to see in this country a genuine societal fracture where it's coming to the point where individuals will not even do business with people from the opposite aisle if there is any indicator that the person votes the other way. And so when you look at this, are you proud of your country right now? You are seeing a, a kind of a low point because there is very little that unites the American people anymore. I mean, this is kind of the theory behind why a lot of the neoconservative war hawks like Everyone from Nikki Haley to Lindsey Graham desperately want a war because theoretically a war is what unites a torn country. Although, you know, all of the dead people really kind of put a damper on that. Yeah. That- <laughs> Well, the poll also says that the share of Americans who see the state of moral values in the U.S. is also decreasing. And you can see how it's trending with age as well. The age age of people is another predictor. And I know this may not surprise you. The older you are, the more proud you are to be an American. And you can see the decline as the age dips down. It, it correlates exactly with people saying that they're not proud to be Americans. Right. So the younger is, they are, the less proud they are. Yeah, the younger you are, the dumber you are. I mean, that's a thing. And I used to tell my students this as well. Like, boys are stupid until they hit about 25. Girls are crazy until they hit about 22. And that's, that is the uh, God's honest truth. That is the way that biology made you. Guys tend towards insane stupidity. Girls tend toward making crazy decisions. Those are the flaws that we have, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, biology makes that clear. Now, when you put that into perspective, the older you get, you start to master your own issues. Also, you trend conservative. The older you get, the more conservative you get because, you know what? You've been around, you know what stuff doesn't satisfy, and you know what things look stupid. And so... My wife and I are noticing a lot of our friends who used to be diehard bleeding liberals mm-hmm. um, are we're actually becoming more friendly with them now because they've started to realize a lot of that stuff is, is stupid. It's a waste of time. And, uh, you know, one of my wife's friends even told her that, you know, even though they coming from a very liberal family when her kids were born, all of that gender kind of nonsense, it stopped. We're not going to be waiting to give our kid a gender, things like that. All, oh, man, it changes all of a sudden when you have your own kids and your own responsibilities. Have you seen this new trend alert? It's called micro weddings or mini monies. 
And this is because last year, the average wedding in the U.S. cost about $30,000. And that was up $2,000 from the previous year. But now, because of the rampant inflation we've got, the soaring costs, a lot of people are deciding they're passing on the big wedding and they're doing what's called micro weddings and instead prioritizing money to save for uh, a honeymoon, a vacation, a car, maybe even a down payment on the house. You mean things that are useful. Right, rather than a big party. So Now, they're not calling, this is not an elopement, but these micro weddings. Micro weddings. It's being uh, defined as less than 50 people are invited. Okay, well, I, I'm going to I'm gonna throw up a little bit of a flag right there because you don't need to invite less than 50 people to have a micro inexpensive wedding. Uh, I was texting my wife during the last break, so mm-hmm. I had the up-to-date figures on this. We spent less than $5,000 on our wedding altogether, and, mm-hmm. and we'll have been married four years tomorrow. And Happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Uh, she's a wonderful woman, and I'm a very lucky man. I look at our wedding, and it was fantastic. We held it in Newcastle at the, at the church that I was raised in. We had a beautiful reception in a nice new little place uh, in downtown Newcastle. Had a lot of friends. Had a wonderful time. It was a very beautiful wedding. My wife and I are still shocked that so many things went right on that day. I wonder the individuals who spend heaps and heaps and heaps of money on these massive weddings. What do you get from that day other than just a few pictures that would have really been great anywhere? Mm-hmm. Because the focus is supposed to be the person. I, and, you know, I like having a little bit of extra money to spend on the house, the car, things that we use together later on. Yeah. So many people get caught up in the celebration, the party aspect of it, and not really paying attention which to you can do actually in, what it means. Which you can do inexpensively, by the way. Like a yeah. really good party doesn't need to break the bank. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, what are you spending, depending on the kind of individual throwing the party, you know, what really needs to be there so that, you know, you're, it's a good party. Did you have more than 50 people? I think so. I think we had over a hundred people. Was it a at sit the, down? The, everybody the, got something to eat? Well, at the, at the main part of the wedding, yes. The reception was smaller, but the reception was, uh, I'm probably going to get a text here because she's listening at the moment. I, I would say around <laughs> 40 to 70 people at mm-hmm. the reception, maybe mm-hmm. 80. And we had a wonderful time. Uh, we made a lot of our own food because, you know, a Baptist and Nazarenes got together and put up quite the potluck. Uh, but it was really nice. It wasn't anything over the top, but that's not what everyone's attention was on. No one is licking your flatware to see how expensive it is at a wedding reception. You were a trendsetter and you didn't even know it. Four years ago, you had what they would consider a micro wedding. I know. Isn't it just fantastic to know that I'm leading the youths into the future? You're so ahead of the curve. It is 944. It's the Kendall and Casey show. That's Tony Kennett. It's 93 WIBC. It is 946. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is off today and for the rest of the week he's on paternity leave and uh, Tony Kinnett is joining me this morning. So Independence Day yesterday, 4th of July. Treason's greetings to you, by the way. Oh, treason's greetings, huh? It's the reason for the treason. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Did you see that the uh, president of Ukraine, Zelensky, he wrote a 4th of July message? I actually didn't. I, uh, I, I didn't read How that. How could you miss that? 
I, you know, right I just there, don't right really follow mailbox. Zelensky in yeah. my, uh, no, I, I, I kind of saw this segment and I'm like, yeah, I can talk about Ukraine. And I didn't actually read the statement. Well, he thanked America for both its example of liberty and its uh, support in his country's war against Russia. It was pretty much a, a happy birthday message. It was uh, in an op-ed column in the Wall Street Journal. He said America's founders upended history when they forged a republic based on individual freedom and political pluralism pledging to live as free and independent states. Okay, so first of all, no, we didn't actually, you know, found a nation on political pluralism. Washington was very strict on that. He was like, hey, no political parties, please. Uh, So, no. Uh, But the rest of it, I appreciate. I do. Yeah, we're we're footing the bill for a huge part of your war. Uh, Yeah, I I do believe that thanking us, and I like the Wall Street Journal uh, Mm -hmm. opinion column. I've written for them before. I think their editing team's fantastic. I'm glad that he wrote the letter. Are you? Yeah, I am. I mean, he should write the letter. I mean, I, I personally think that he should definitely be thanking the United States after all, I've paid for a lot of what they are up to. And this is as someone, by the way, who believes in a Second Amendment right of every citizen to defend their country from invaders, foreign and domestic. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Uh, I'm glad that he thanked us, as he should. I don't like that. I don't like the idea that he thinks he knows what it means to be American. No, I don't think so either. I, but then again, I'm not necessarily going to you know, pick apart. His, again, I don't like the political pluralism thing. I think that he's trying to compare Ukraine's struggle to the struggle of the American Revolution, two mm-hmm. completely different things. I don't really like comparisons in general when it comes to this, because then you actually start drawing out how alike and similar and different these kinds of things are. Instead of just saying, our cause is worthy, we appreciate the United States, a nation which has also always cared about the liberty of their people, instead of saying, well, remember how there was this thing in 1789? Well, it's actually, if you add those numbers together, you get the number of people killed at this Ukrainian battle. And it's like, you don't have to do that, Zelensky. You well, don't you have to go that far. you can't compare Zelensky to Washington. No, and you shouldn't. Uh, this is There's an interesting comment right now that says that like Zelensky is being made a new Winston Churchill or, or a MacArthur or something like that. And I very much disagree. And the reason is because I don't yet know all of the things about Zelensky to determine whether I think that he's a great individual an okay individual or an individual with ulterior motives. I don't know. The fun thing about me not being a foreign policy expert is that I really don't have to weigh in on those decisions and my my colleagues get to argue about it on Twitter. It just seemed like to me that he's trying to bogart our holiday and trying to tie Fourth of July all all up in intertwined with Ukraine. And he absolutely can be. And I didn't like that at all. He absolutely can be. I think that's a a very valid point. And that's not me just sloughing off the argument either. I think that there's a good point to be made for that. I'm saying that, look, if he's going to write a column and it, it begins with thanks America Mm -hmm. for giving us lots of money and materials. Yes, I do think that is what he should have started with. It should be the biggest thank you card you've ever seen in your life. It's going to be huge. It's going to cover the entire state of Connecticut, (laughs) that thank you card. Okay, so most people know that the average American lives to an age of uh, between 75 and 80 years old. But which is less well known, apparently, is that life expectancy rises with age. So at age 60... An American man can expect to reach age 82 and a woman 85. So according to this data, they're saying your goal is to get to 60. Because if you make it to 60, 
it's going to extend your life after that. So there's an interesting biological precept here that I'm going to bore everyone with for a few seconds. Lay it on I'm, me. I'm going to put it in cool science middle school teacher classroom terms. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are get really stupid before what they, they reach what's called the fourth quartile. And there, if you have a certain personality, it is more likely that you are going to do something stupid enough to be off of the earth before you reach, in this case, the age of 60. And for a long time, we didn't have to worry about that because, you know, there were a lot of big things in the world that would make sure you didn't make it past age 60. However, now you can live long enough so that if you don't necessarily have the tendency to throw your life away or put yourself in positions in which... If you're risk adverse? Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're going to risk it, then if you reach 60, it's likely that you'll probably live longer because the odds of you hitting 60 and being like, I need to do something crazy are, are really low. That's already passed you by. Well, and we're also in the pharmaceutical golden age right now where I think even if you did do something when you're younger the medical community can now help you pass that. Well, we're also we're also seeing the age of original vaccination. So not talking about MMR vaccines, mm-hmm. but like the original vaccination, polio, obviously things like, uh, excuse me, not mRNA, not MMR, MMR, measles, mumps, rubella. We're starting to see the very first generations of people who had those kinds of vaccines available to them as children. The original kind of vaccines, the kind that Jonas Salk came up with to defeat smallpox. Those kinds of things are not hurting people's growth from one to 20. 20, which is therefore giving them a much longer lifespan. So that's just kind of a cool thing. We're actually starting to see the, the, the long-term fruits of some of those medical endeavors uh, from the 1900s. Well, it also puts people, I think, a little bit more at risk financially because we are living longer and your money's not lasting as long as you originally thought it was going to. I mean, to. yeah, Social Security is an absolute cow yeah. that's a terrible. So is that's you know, the downside Medicaid, Medicare. Yeah. But, it, but it's not popular to say that anymore. We could say that six years ago and say, yeah, you know, maybe it's not great that all of my money is being taken and invested horribly in the Social Security pyramid scheme. And now it's a huge populist message on the right and from a, a certain red-hatted campaign that says <laughs> that, no, we need to put more money into Social Security and because uh, old people can't survive without Social Security. And in, in this economy, I'm wondering just how far that Social Security check goes for other than one loaf of bread and one gallon of rotted milk. It is 9.53. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett, who is filling in today. Can we talk now about this Mike Pence video? If we must. Okay, so this is a... Kevin, can you go ahead and play it? There's, there's no talking in the video, so we just need a little background music. Okay, so it's a it's a Mike Pence Thank You Iowa video. And it's shots of him from when he was walking in the parade. Oh yeah. Oh that Doesn't corporate that make you music. Feel good? He's he's shaking hands, he's waving, it's it's shots of him in his red polo. He's got some jeans on. And it simply says, Thank you, Iowa. Independence Day, Mike Pence. I guess the less he talks, the better the video is. Talk to your doctor if you qualify for Quivalva. Quivalva is the number one medication that can prevent bleeding, rectal prolapse, and of course, being a very annoying neighbor. Talk to your doctor about Quivalva today. To me, this just seemed like a video that my dad would have edited and made of, of all of our family, yeah, it's got that family stock pictures music. from like 20 years ago. Yeah. It's like the number, number, the 20 best pairs of jeans by Mike Pence. Number 19, <laughs> Ridgeway, Iowa. And it's like Levi Strauss jeans. I, I don't, again, remember earlier I was saying I hate the fake 
politician nonsense. I talked to Brian Griffin. He's the uh, press secretary for DeSantis. Just again, over the weekend, mm-hmm. I had a chat with him. I can't stand that kind of, of corporate press garbage. Who are you convincing out there? Who out there is going to be like, oh, hey, there's Mike Pence shaking hands in Iowa. I used to shake hands with people. Like, no one's going to read that and go, oh, I got to vote for this man right now. I mean, I, I, I get the I get the idea. This is the, it's, it's part of the marketing, you know, expectation, realization, memory. Tell me what you're going to do. Do it. Remind me what you did. So he is doing the uh, you know, the remind me of what you did. Here he is walking down the street in Iowa. They're shaking hands uh, and, and thank you, Iowa. But boy, isn't this guy just betting the farm on Iowa? Like, I'm kind of feeling a little neglected by him as a Hoosier. He's pulling pretty terribly here. Uh, well, I know. And by the way, I'm talking. Why wouldn't he come and try and change that? I'm he saying this to someone who was here when he was governor. When I was a friend to the Pence's, Mike Pence was my congressman. He was the guy who uh, actually um, threw me towards West Point. I was his last appointment before he ran for governor. And I, I like the Pence's as people. But this political run is, is absolutely horrific. I mean, I'm embarrassed to watch this every single day. Yeah, he's sitting in Iowa. So what we're seeing right now are the three strategies that Republicans have talked about for the last eight years. We're seeing strategy number one, in which you kind of follow all of the corporate data inside the GOP. Well, if you just knock on enough doors and you have enough money, everything is fine. That's the Mike Pence strategy. Mm-hmm. You have the Say Trump- the right things. Right. Look the part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just kind of fake it to you. Like, does that kind of yeah. corporate data. And then you have the Trump idea, which is go around and punch everything and see what sticks. And then you have the DeSantis thing, which is leaning into what the culture says you should lean into. We'll find out which one works. Well, at 4% where Mike Pence is polling, that's not working. It is 9.56. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC.